You're listening to Girls Gone Wad. This is Joy. And this is Claire. This is episode 292. This episode is sponsored by UnpluggedFloatEssentials.com. The discount code is GGW. You can support the podcast by supporting our great sponsors, UnpluggedFloatEssentials.com. The discount code GGW. Get your bath salts. I think it's probably too close to get a gift for your friend, but maybe New Year's gifts are in order. Yeah. 2019. Totally. New Year's gifts are a thing. Yeah. This week on the show, we have Ben Pakulski. This is another one of our Mind Pump uh, event interviews. So when we went to Tahoe in October and did the Mind Pump podcast heart event, Ben Pakulski, this was another episode where we or interview where we were like, what are we going to have to, what do we have in common? What do we have to talk about? Because his appearance is like just this very manly man. We had such a good conversation and he's like the teddy bear where we were like, we want to be best friends with you afterwards. The same feeling that we had with Matt Vincent. So if you guys are not uh, familiar with Ben, he is an IFBB professional bodybuilder. He won Mr. Canada in 2008. He um, competed just all over bodybuilding and he also competed, I think, in the 2012 Mr. Olympia. So he has and done he's a, a lot ton of credentials of, in the bodybuilding world. Yeah, ton of bodybuilding experience. And then as you guys will hear um, in the last couple of years, he has shifted from bodybuilding and now is more working on mindset stuff and, and coaching and helping people um, have healthy mindsets around the bodybuilding profession and which we found super interesting because as you guys know, we um, always look from the outside in at bodybuilding and think, how could this be done in a healthy way? And right. so he really weighs in on that. And um, yeah, super interesting guy. We're, we're just really different background from the type of people that we usually talk to. And so we hope you guys really enjoy this interview. Yeah. And his, his Instagram is BPAC Fitness in case you want to uh, check him out as you're listening to this podcast. It's B-P-A-K Fitness. And uh, his website is musclecamps.com. He kind of looks at himself now as like the bodybuilding yogi. So he's super zen. And uh, enjoy this episode with Ben Pakulski. Yeah, that's fair. Doug's busy. It's fine. Man. But if we, we have a question it. when you come in, we may have to put you on the mic to okay. kind of settle a score. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So tell me about the neuroscience conversation. What were you guys talking about? Was Adam leading that conversation? Adam was leading that conversation. Oh, never mind then. So I, I, I haven't read that book, so I'm not going to even pretend. Are you but a neuroscience you, you were, fan? Are you like a, a student of? So tell them about the Deep Survival. Cause I have think you read that, Deep Survival? Mm-hmm. It's I would highly recommend it. It's not a new book. It probably is at least 10 years old. Can I sit on the floor? You can sit you wherever absolutely you can. want. I was. I may join you on the floor at some point. Yeah, we could snuggle. Okay. Oh my gosh. I'm a cuddler. So much touching. Yeah. I am not a. T- I'm not a cuddler. I'm a cuddler. It's Joy's a cuddler. I'll take um, care of it. I'm not a hugger. She always sends me like the cactus emoji. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's all about the subtitle is Who Lives, Who Dies, and Why. It's called and the survival. Deep survival. Deep survival. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so it's all about. Um, people in survival situations, what is happening neurologically on a biochemistry level and um, how, do, how, why is it that some people react in survival situations in different ways? Like why is it that your plane can go down on the Amazon and five people survive, but only one person walks out of the jungle? Like what happens between the moment of, you know, you all crawling out of the plane and actually surviving. That very cool, actually. It's really it cool. It sounds a lot like Tipping Point, too. It's similar to Tipping Point, but it's not as, like, behavioral. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like Malcolm Gladwell looks at really things, um, you know, in, like, the way that... It, none of these scenarios in Deep Survival that they talk about are, like, this has... It, they're not as analogous with, with day-to-day life. Right. Um, 
and but he, you can draw conclusions on the neuroscience completely and i mean like that's kind of the point is like hey we're we're animals and we're wired this way mm-hmm. and this is how it can show up and this is how it might show up if you are in a fight with your wife i was or voted, whatever, I was voted the friend that you'd want to take most with you if you ever won on the amazing race <laughs> <laughs> wait me. voted by my high school class okay well college class actually. Okay. how old are you yeah, I was like, <laughs> in high no i'm like i feel high real school, old high school was something different i was i voted in high school something stupid also <laughs> I thought it would be a great like social media write-in question. What was your like your book superlative? Yeah. What was yours? I had the best laugh, and I oh, do we have, have a to great, bring that out today. She has a great. But laugh. But my mic is right here. That's all right. Um, and push it down a little I, bit. Okay. Yeah, there Hold we go. on. Wait. You can hear your breathing a little bit. There we there. go. It's just because I've been breathing really hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was the other one? Uh, like most likely, I don't know. I was like class president and all that kind of thing, and so I was. Pro- I had some other like most likely to you know be a senator or something i don't know whatever that one was is no longer a part of my life as my as my laugh (laughs) it's funny because i didn't have a a high school we didn't have like the voted most in high school but in junior high uh they did it and i got the shortest name well, and I was so pissed off about it. That one sucks. That one sucks. You're most likely to have the shortest name. So, I mean, you're most likely. I was. I remember just being so pissed about it. Right. it was, Someone just and, wasn't wanting to be creative. Yeah. Right. And it's just, I remember, like, that's an age where you just want so badly to be popular. Yeah. And, you're and like, I wanted to be voted to, like, I don't know, something that will help with your popularity. They could have just been, like, prettiest eyes or something. They could have come up with you something pretty cool. You could have done yeah. that. And it yeah. was, I shortest just, I mean, name. Coolest shoes would have been better than shortest name. <laughs> totally. Literally anything. Almost. Anything. <laughs> she has Good this really nail nice polish. Curl in her hair. Right. Just that one. Curl. Great. Just one. Yeah. yeah. No. You have a tendril that's wah, nice. Wah. I don't know. It was like, yeah. Got that was sweet the eyebrows. Tr- that was that a, could be. It. Oh, great. Thank you. you. Um, back. Can we just go back in time and tell the people to do yeah, it? Guys, this clearly, sucks. Joy clearly, clearly, will be talking about this when she's forty-one. Yeah. Clearly. Uh, <laughs> right here, right now. That would have been a better one. You, you're most likely to be talking about this when you're forty-one. <laughs> and especially when you're twelve and forty-one makes it feels like feels like, like forever. Santa Claus. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. Santa Claus is who I think of when I think of really <laughs> old people. I got called Santa Claus yesterday. Did I tell you? Oh I didn't no. Tell you. you wouldn't know that. No. Um, you did not told the last guy Let's the talk about it, yeah. So uh, Christina Rice says, I love him. He's like Santa Claus. I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> Positive associations? Uh, I'm like, is it because I have a belly or a beard? Or is it because I'm, Were you I, wearing I, a red jumpsuit? I, no. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> did and you bring gifts? <laughs> <laughs> he had a bag full because, of toys. Did you because ride I, an ungulate? because I'm joyful, I think. <laughs> oh. Something like this. Like, oh, he's a very... very yeah. big, um, jolly. Guy. Yeah, jolly. Jolly. Mm-hmm. I can see mm-hmm. that. You have kind of rosy cheeks. Maybe. Yeah. We are in an alpine environment. Yeah. It's the elevation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, oh, never mind. I'm not going to get into it with you about the difference between Arctic and alpine. <laughs> Claire's <laughs> ecology. <laughs> the North Pole actually is a very low elevation. It's just very far north. And right. so ecologically, it's similar to a high elevation. <laughs> she just totally geeked out. Just, of just, right. Yeah. Are I'd, you a, a ecologist? Or I, I, yeah. I did major in ecology in college. Oh, interesting. Yeah. With a, a focus in alpine and alpine, the difference between alpine and Arctic ecology. Fascinating, and you and do nothing with that now. Zero things. Yeah, was, I do have. How, a, you learn how to learn. Yeah, I do have a master's in uh, public policy with an emphasis in public lands, though. So huh. that kind of was, you know, alpine, public lands, national parks, which I also do nothing with, by the way. That's okay. Here I am in the mountains, though. The I, knowledge. It's a knowledge small matters. known fact. The trees know. The trees know that they I know what the heck's it. going on. Right. Did you read the tr- the uh, hidden truth? No, the hidden life of plant, hidden life of trees. 
Read oh. that book? Uh-uh. It's a good book. Yeah, it's a good book. Okay. Uh, talking about how trees actually communicate and, yeah. and they're communicating through. I love that shit. Yeah, it's really interesting. Aspens are so interesting. You know, like they're all connected underground. <gasps> I did. Really? You guys don't know that? No. Well, apparently all trees Probably. Are like... No. All the, all the, almost all the aspens that you, all the aspens that you see in a grove, like mm-hmm. in a stand, they are all clones of each other and they all have the same root system. Very interesting. Yeah. So they're that's what this organism. book talks about is they're either communicating through um, the air with the wind, like cross pollinating into different yeah. plants. And then they're ta- communicating through the ground. Uh, it's very interesting. Yeah. They're like some of the largest living organisms on earth are aspen stands. Wow, I didn't know that. Man, guys. I Random feel fact of the real day. Real cool. You right guys now. should make that the highlight of the podcast. Mm-hmm. The title of the podcast. Yeah. Do, 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 do. I feel like we need to have dance. a very like nerdy '70s song playing right now as like a break. <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah. <laughs> Tree the more knowledge. you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, ben, we didn't get to what you were uh, voted as in high school. It's not very creative. So high school. Um, hey, it can't name? be. It can't be worse than tramp stamp. <laughs> Did you say tramp? Shortest no. Sh- <laughs> Show us your tramp stamp right now. <laughs> I was most. We know something was, you don't know. <laughs> I was voted most likely to be Mister Universe. Oh my god! It's I think funny that's, as that sounds. That's a great segue into yes, here we go. Your life story. You just tee that right on up. Yeah. So. Have you fulfilled that <laughs> calling? Well, I actually passed that. Yeah. So Mr. Universe is a title given to um, the European champion. Oh. So I couldn't have actually been Mr. Universe. So in the 70s, Mr. Universe would have been the precursor to the Mr. Olympia. So you'd have to win the Mr. Universe uh, to be qualified to compete in the Mr. Olympia. Got it. And since then, it's kind of evolved to now where Mr. Universe is just kind of basically ends up being... European and, and uh, Asian champion is Mr. Universe. And then he qualifies to become a professional bodybuilder. So that's basically the equivalent of like Mr. Canada and Mr. USA. That feels like a way bigger title though. It does. You're it's like, cooler. I'm Mr. Canada. Well, I'm Mr. Universe. Yeah, yeah, I beat you. But it's, it's really just with the objective of getting to this Mr. Olympia contest. Which is what you did. I did. How did that go? It was awesome. Was it? It was fun. Um, so I did it once in 2012. And uh, so first I qualified for it in 2009 and my huge ego at the time said, well, you know what? I'm going to be doing this every year for the next 10 years. So I'm not ready to do it yet. So, so I, I passed. Out. Yeah. I was like, well, you know, I want to make sure I go there and I'm ready to make an impact. Cause I was very, it was very young, very new. Um, and I decided not to do it and stupid me then had a, you know, a couple of years where I didn't do it. And I had a baby after that. I had my first child and that put a little wrinkle in things and then i did it in 2012 logistical nightmare children mm-hmm. just... yeah yeah throw off your plans what the heck <laughs> little buggers i mean at least you didn't um, have to go through the physical part of it that would have really thrown off your plan <laughs> <laughs> yes it would have um so i did it in 2012 and i did it again in 2016 just because i i realized in my life that i don't like anything to be done once like if i'm going to do anything that's hard i have to do it twice so nobody goes ah it was a fluke got so it you gotta do it oh i like that uh-oh <laughs> I don't know. To me, that sounds like, what are you trying to prove? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, man, I think it was an unconscious thing for me. Like, I wanted to believe in myself. Like, yeah. That, like, this wasn't just a fluke. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I did. I, I pro- and I could have done it. I could continue to do it, but uh, it's just not my first passion so, anymore. Not my first priority. What's your first priority now? My babies. My love. My family. Good answer. Yeah. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about the bodybuilding body world, though. Because... To me, and I think to us, it, it's definitely an enigma. And so we, I want I want to preface what you're saying kay. with 
Um, I hope that we can discuss your stereotypes and bias, if there is one. Yeah. And don't ever feel like you have to pull that back because I think it's a real, uh, it's a real thing that exists. Like people have yeah. these stigmas in their mind, and if you have that, let's discuss that because I, I always like the idea of hearing what people think about bodybuilding, what you, your preconceived notions are. Great. I love to talk about that. Stuff. I'm. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm headed. Awesome. Um, I the thing that is hard for me when I think about bodybuilding and the bodybuilding culture is that. I personally cannot conceptualize doing it in a way that is psychologically healthy. That I think it's very, very difficult. Or for me, it would be very, very difficult. And for most of the people I know, it would be very, very difficult to have such a small focus on my physical body and such a specific goal for my physical body that I have a hard time looking at people who do that and think you are doing this in a psychologically healthy no way. No sport is psychologically healthy. If you want to be the best in the world at anything, it's not psychologically healthy. It can't be. There's no such thing as balance. If you want to be yeah. the best um, skier, if you want to be the best Olympic sprinter, if you want to be the best golfer, you're not healthy. Like psychologically, there's no balance. You have single-minded focus on one thing and bodybuilding just happens to be the most extreme version of all of those things because there's no minute in the day where you get to turn off and, you know, go have a beer with your buddies or like go have a pizza. Like it's not that. So it happens to be the the most extreme version and I completely agree with that. But the reality is, um, and I played with this as as an athlete a long time, it's like, you know, I want to be balanced. I want to have like, you can't. If you want to be great at something, you have to be single-mindedly focused. Otherwise, you you won't be the best. Somebody out there will, will beat you. So you have to look at it from a perspective of, you know, do I want to be the best and make all those sacrifices, acknowledging farewell that I know that needs to be part of it? Mm-hmm. Or am I okay with being great, not the best, great, and have a little more balance, which is the route I chose? And what's your priority? Well, that's what I chose, yeah. Yeah. And I think we also talk a lot about like there is no such thing as balance. No matter what you're doing, who no. you are, day in and day out, there is no such thing as like everything in my life is perfectly right. equal yeah. and balanced. Right. So, um, I'm drawing a blank right now on the guy's name. The guy who owns name names Amazon is Jeff Bezos. Mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos uh, watched the video two weeks ago, and he said something really great. And he said he went into he goes into his um, team meetings, and people asked about you know Jeff how how do you remain balanced or how do you ask your team to remain balanced? Ask him to work so hard for you, and he said, well, I don't think balance is real. What I think is real is happiness. Mm-hmm. So if you are happy at home, you'll come to work. And you tend to be more happy when you get here. And if you're happy at work, you'll take that happiness home with you. And I think that's the framing that people should maybe start to strive for is it's not about balance, but everywhere I go, I want to bring the same positivity, the same happiness. And uh, that to me was probably the best articulation I've ever heard and the simplest of how to achieve balance. Because ultimately balance is, or the lack of balance is uh, often just, um, you know, the lack of something fulfilling, mm-hmm. right? I'm not, I'm not achieve, achieving a fulfilling result in this place. So if I'm, if I'm not balanced in my, my home life, well, mm-hmm. you're going to feel like you're, you're lacking fulfillment. Whereas if you are coming home with happiness and you, you anchor happiness there, then it seems like it's a lot more fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Um, so going back to the bodybuilding world, and this is not something that either one of us has ever done. I think the answer that you gave to, you know, it just seems like it can't be psychologically healthy. It's very simple, very straightforward. Like, well, there's no such thing as psychologically healthy if you're competing in anything at that level. No. Yeah. Even in business. I mean, to run a $100 million business, do you think you're psychologically balanced? Right. No. And, <laughs> no. I, and I think maybe for bodybuilding in particular, you know, what you said about it just so happens this is the most extreme version of that. I think that's where um, – we see especially women who strive for that and end up in a very then physically unhealthy place. So 
if we're talking bodybuilding and including women in that, then yeah. that's, that's absolutely something I'd love to talk about because transparently, and I sound like a hypocrite, I try to dissuade women from competing and, and it sounds like I'm going to be, you know, like I'm a chauvinist, but women tend to have a harder time in my experience with the emotional attachment around food. I don't think that's chauvinist. I think that's very true. I think just I in think general, just women, in, there's more baggage when it comes to our one, bodies. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There's higher expectations, right? Like yeah. for a guy to get a little fat in the off season is cool. A girl gets fat. She's going to be emotionally, uh, you know, right. have emotional trauma. So I do think that's a big issue. And you know, um, people ask me to talk about this stuff all the time. And, uh, I, I really think women need to change the framing uh, if you want to compete from, oh, I have this one goal. Once I achieve that goal, now I can celebrate and reward myself to, I need to create the type of habits that allows me to become the person I want to become. And if that ends up with me being in lean enough shape in a sustainable way that I can get on stage, that's a great goal to have. But it needs to be built around habits. Success in anything is built around continuous habits that are repeatable. And if you're just creating a habit that's four months long so I can get in shape and then... Crash. Uh, yeah. So I've, I've seen a girl... A very good friend of mine's, um, I won't say who it is, but a very good friend of mine's uh, female counterpart, um, had over 50 pounds in six weeks after a contest and wasn't able to get it off. Oh she was probably close to 50 pounds in four weeks, but I didn't actually see her in that period. And I was like, what happened? She was in amazing shape for the contest, but she just literally went down the slippery slope where she physically couldn't stop eating because she was addicted. She'd been she, restricting for so long. So long. And, but you know, once you start, you get that dopamine, like I feel so good and you just keep eating and eating and eating. And then, but in the back of your mind, you're like, well, I know I can stop because I can go back to doing this old training, but you don't stop. Right. And that's our thing. That's a slippery slope. So with my clients, if I'm training someone for a contest, I give them one meal after a contest. I'm like, listen, you can have whatever you want the day of the contest. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow we're back on a regimented, healthful plan that's striving just toward health optimization back up. yeah we're going to build your carbohydrates back up but um yeah it's it's got to be a regimented health oriented plan right objectively like i need to optimize your health, the health of the organism yeah first because if the health of the organism is in place now we can optimize performance and thereby muscle building or fat loss so why do you think it is harder for women I'm not a woman. I don't know. I think psycho. You work with women. You yeah. See what do you see? Just not speaking. You know. Just I think psychologically, um, women just have more social pressure to like. As soon as you start to see that little bit of like a little bit of fat, and all of a sudden it's it's a slippery slope. You're going down that path of like, oh no, I don't look good, and then it's it's developing stress. It's developing anxiety. It's developing depression. At least and then you're trying to medicate with food, right? Yeah. Right. So and and the other reality is like it's it's an important thing to acknowledge that exercise. For many people, it's medication. Mm -hmm. It's just a different form of medicating. You're medicating with drugs. You're medicating with alcohol. You're medicating with food. You're medicating with, with working out. It's just a positive form of medication. So if someone has that amount of anxiety or depression or social, or social um, angst or whatever it is, that they are um, compelled to work out compulsively, uh, tells you that you're the type of person who's going to be predisposed to something afterwards. If you take away this thing that's alleviated, it's, it's your medicine. You take away this workout, you take away this, this regimen, you take that away, and all of a sudden these things just manifest. So right, you're taking away a coping mechanism. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, men are the same, but men just tend to have different outlets that are maybe a little more socially acceptable. Like right. if a man goes have a few beers, if you get a little fat, nobody cares, you know, uh, whereas women like you can't really do that stuff. And, and right. it's, you know, it's a double standard. So what do you, Apart from, you know, those really structured um, after competition plans, meal plans and, and things that you were just talking about, how do you help address that with your female clients? Well, I won't work with anyone for less than six months because I need three months to bring everybody to what I call a healthy baseline. And it may be faster, it may be longer, but minimum is three months, which looks like um, let's 
create habits around a successful eating and successful exercise. So the first four weeks of my plan with anybody is going to be um, removing the toxic burden, removing the toxic things in your body or in your life. So it could be, you know, breaking up with your shitty is. boyfriend, whatever <laughs> it is. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's, it's all the food. It's the pharmaceuticals. It's the alcohol. It's the, the foods that aren't contributing to your overall wellness. So that's, you know, six month contest prep or six month body transformation starts with this. Just as simple as removing the toxic burden. I may not even change your training that much. I may not even change anything other than, hey, let's take all these things out that are crappy and let's replace them with, you know, some just healthy food choices. I don't care amounts, like eat what you want, just make healthy choices. So now we're making it more of a life habit. On top of that, I'm going to start introducing morning rituals around, um, exercise. So for everyone, I try to advocate minimum 20 minutes, ideally 60 minutes of walking or running outside every morning. So there's a lot of data around um, human motivation. And if you can um, get someone doing a bilateral exercise first thing in the morning, they call it, you know, zero hour, like as soon as you wake up, you're outside. Um, you're kind of making your brain more plastic by increasing dopamine. So dopamine is released. You know, you do this thing and you get the reward and that's the dopamine and that happens after the thing. And so what I want everyone to do is I want their brain to be um, more uh, you know, receptive to dopamine. So as soon as we wake up in the morning, I want to have that thing that one, implements discipline in my body, but two, gives me that dopamine reward when I'm done. And the simplest way to do it is get outside and walk. And, um, you know, 30 minutes, you're going to get a lot of sunshine, ideally, depending where you live. Um, you're going to get some morning fresh air and you're going to give you some time to almost make it a meditative thing. So those are things where I start. So we're trying to anchor, uh, you know, peaceful mind, um, improve circadian rhythms by being outside. Uh, and this, this anchoring of daily walking and, and um, you know, optimizing your dopamine levels, because they suggest after 30 days that now, instead of waking up, walking and getting the dopamine hit, now I wake up and before I walk, I get the dopamine hit. So I feel good when I wake up and like, oh, wow, now I'm actually motivated to do stuff. Now my brain's actually more uh, receptive to learning. So um, those, those are the basic foundational things that's really creating life habits. Step one, mm-hmm. um, no matter who you are, like anyone can take out the toxic stimulus and go for a walk every day. I don't even care if you work out. Like if you work out, that's awesome. But let's start with these, these foundational things. Uh, and then from there, we're progressing, obviously, depending on who the person is, how much fat they've got to lose, how much muscle they've got to build. It's going to be different. But step one has to be for everybody laying these foundational habits. So, <clears throat> Susan, you talk a little bit about brain chemistry. We opened this conversation a little bit talking about brain chemistry. Is that something that you like to think about or is that something that you um spend a lot of time trying to implement strategically in terms of like those those responses or is that something that you've kind of been like i'm interested in this and kind of goes along definitely very interested and it's definitely something that i pay attention to and implement with a lot of clients um whether male or female i think there's um, a huge opportunity in learning how your brain works um, what type of neurotransmitters you tend to have an abundance of, and which ones you tend to have less of, um, and learning how to support those nutritionally and supplementally. So, um, you know, you have a number of neurotransmitters, but, you know, four to five that we can really influence. So we're looking at excitatory ones being um, dopamine, glutamate, serotonin, no, acetylcholine, not serotonin, acetylcholine, calming ones being GABA and serotonin. Um, so if we can learn how to influence those things, um, we can start to impact our brain chemistry. We can start to impact our motivation. We can start to impact our focus. We can then start to impact on the back end, uh, you know, using the brakes, calming down, calming down anxiety. And those things are relatively easy to do supplementally and, and with dietary choices uh, if you just learn basics. But it has to start with the foundation of, well, no, you're jumping off point. Because just if, I, if I'm arbitrarily throwing more dopamine agonists at you and you're already dopamine dominant, it's going to send you down a cascade of anxiety and stress. So 
depending who you are and and what you need most of, most um, you, know, you gotta you gotta learn. So there's some tests you can take online, like the Braverman test is an example of um, you know a simple subjective test asking you questions about how you respond in certain scenarios. And on um, mass, most people are lacking GABA and serotonin. Um, so you know post workout, people we're gonna support people with GABA before bed. We're gonna support people with GABA and serotonin. Um, and that's just as simple as like some really easy basic supplements from amino acids or something like that. Um, but those are the things that, you know, typically, you know, like we're all living this massively sympathetic life, right? Mm-hmm. And so the autonomic nervous system has two branches, uh, sympathetic, parasympathetic, and living this stressed fight or flight life. And if we don't have enough of the breaks, then we don't get enough of this parasympathetic stimulus. Um, our body's just always in a state of overwhelm and anxiety and you can't get results. You, if your body has high cortisol and high uh, adrenaline all the time, results are just out of the question. B- building muscle and losing fat, no matter who you are. So learning how to, to kind of apply the brakes, uh, both um, with activity in your daily life, so meditation, breathing, gratitude, the basic stuff, and then supplementally is um, you know essential. Did, is this a process that you started with yourself, or is it something that you decided with your clients? Like, Did you see it in yourself uh, and think, I need to fix this? Absolutely. I was gas pedal to the max, mm-hmm. right? I was like, go, go, go. Give me more stimulants. Give like me more when dopamine. was this? Since I was four. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Honestly, though, like as a kid, were you just kind of go, go? Mm, yeah, phases. Um, I was definitely a squirrel brain as a kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so, you know, getting into my post-university days is when I really started getting into this bodybuilding thing. And uh, I definitely noticed, and, and you see it everywhere in society, is that everyone's just addicted to, I need to have more stimulants, I need more to go faster, I need to do more in my day-to-day life, and I get it, we, we want to get a lot accomplished. Um, we always say that some is good, more is better kind of mentality. Yeah, it's, but in reality, it's the inverted you, right? Mm-hmm. It's, you, know, the, the, you want to be somewhere in the middle, if you're doing too much, you're going to have big problems. Mm-hmm. So I started to notice that you know my sleep started to, to, to lack a little bit. Okay. Um, <laughs> I noticed my sleep started to lack a little bit and I noticed my recovery started to lack a little bit. I noticed that I became more inflamed and I became a little more resistant to insulin, um, carbohydrates. It's like, well, what's going on? So I started to dig into this autonomic nervous system thing, the HPA axis, and start to realize that, um, you know, I'm just lacking these things that are calming to me. So it started with like, you know, some basic meditation every day, um, some breathing practice, and then started looking into what supplements are going to influence that. And that to me was really in the last five years that I've started influ- influencing my um, my body through supplements, um, you know, calming supplements. Mm-hmm. Is that something that's getting more and more common in, you know, I, for me, like when I think about bodybuilders, I don't necessarily put them in the same category as biohackers. I think, you know, you think about bodybuilders, you think about like bodybuilding.com and it's like, go to, you go to GNC and it's, you know, the very kind of big box, um, strategies. And then you have the, in my mind, the other side of the spectrum where it's like you are fermenting your own like weird stuff at home and you're, you know, the stuff we just talked to Ben Grinfield about, like, you know, you're making your own kimchi or whatever, right, <laughs> yeah, sure. steams or whatever. And I mean, I think it, it sounds like you are living in the middle of that space of like, there's sure. this sort of big box bodybuilding yeah. um, genre. Sh- certainly, you know, the idea of holistic muscle building. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, uh, cause, cause I've been so blessed to be made aware that if you want to optimize your performance, if you want to optimize your body composition or your muscle building, it's about the health of the organism. Like everything needs to work together. And mm-hmm. if something's not working, you're not building things correctly. 
So there's many layers to that. But yeah, ultimately, it's like, what can I do to figure out how to make this body healthy? You know, whether it be gut health or brain health or inflammation, insulin sensitivity or whatever, you know, micronutrient uh, profiles and such. So it's been two, almost three years since you competed. Two years, exactly. Two years, exactly. Happy anniversary. Thank you. (laughs) Celebrating. (laughs) Celebrating with some cheesecake. Yes. What are some of your favorite things that have happened in the last two years that wouldn't have been available to you during your competition days? Uh, wow. I feel like there was a massive weight lifted off my back. I feel like, um, I no longer have a, a, uh, obligation to do anything. I feel like I can be me. I feel like I no longer have to put on a, uh, external, uh, facade, which is awesome. I get to spend so much more time with my kids. I was, I traveled a lot when I was competing because it's part of my job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still travel, but I try to spend as much time as I can with my kids. That's massive. Um, I have no, I actually enjoy working out again. I, you know, when I was competing the last three years, I hated it because it was, I had to. Anytime you tell somebody they have to do something, it changes things. And I tell everybody that, right? Everyone has this, this um, objective, or at least everyone in my world has this objective. Well, I want to, I want to get my pro card, or I want to be like a pro at this, and I want to be a sponsorship. And I'm like, no, you don't. Because then you're getting paid to do that. Now you have to do it. Mm-hmm. You don't get to. And, and so don't be careful what you wish for kind of scenario, right? Um, so the greatest thing that has come in the last you know, two years is I've been able to be me and, and, and identify who that is. Because realize for the last 20 years, I've been creating this personality or this external facade of who I needed to become to become the best bodybuilder in the world. It's not necessarily who I am inside. It's what I want people to see. It's um, who I, the, the persona I need to create to be a ruthless person in the gym. Um, and so it's not necessarily who I am inside, right? And that's a very interesting place to be. And, and a lot of people need to sit, sit down and realize, like, pay attention to what is your driving force because that's forming who you are. Mm. And that's something I didn't necessarily realize when I was in it. But that's sin- common, though. I think that people, only when they get to the end of something like that, do they look mm. around and realize, like, wow, this is not really who I meant to become. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm grateful for it. I loved it, right? Like, it made me a strong man. It gave me a platform. It made me overcome of a, lot, a lot of inner stuff. Um, but at the same time, it didn't allow me to overcome a lot of inner stuff. Like, now I'm trying to unwind or unravel the onion, you know? Um, but yeah, there's been so many great things, and I'm so grateful. And, uh, you know, time. So, you know, when you're competing, you're training two times a day, sometimes three. You got to eat every two to three hours. You got to sleep a certain amount of time. Um, so you're just basically blocking yourself from opportunities, you know, like business and friendships. And I never had any great deep friendships during my career because I just didn't have time. I was like, sorry, man, I got to go do this. I can't do that. I got to go sleep. I got to go eat. I got to go train. Um, so you lack those deep uh, connections. So there's been a lot of awesome things, particularly with my family. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's interesting to me that what it sounds like you're describing is two different sides of the coin of being able to focus on yourself. Whereas like when you're bodybuilding, you're very, you know, the focus is very on yourself in the sense that the product of your training is you and you are honing your physical body. And in a lot of ways, you know, preparing your mind for competition. And then now you're saying you've finally gotten to know yourself and figure out who it is you want to be. Do you feel like they're, what am I trying to say here? Like, it just sounds like there has been throughout this entire process, a real focus on Ben do you feel like you have been held back by being able to turn that focus externally at all? Do I think I've been held back? Yeah. Like, so I think what I'm trying to ask is like, when it comes to, you know, you talk about you're able to spend more time with your kids, spend more time with your family. Do you still feel like you are 
just living on the other side of the still very like Ben focused coin or are you, cause that kind of sounds like what, so what you're describing. Sure. Um, well, I think at the end of the day to bring your greatest self to the world, you have to work on yourself at some level. So whether that be as a parent or, or as a spouse or as a leader in your organization. So I do spend a lot of time um, by myself, but mm-hmm. now it's coming from my time rather than other people's time. So, you know, I'll get up before anybody else is awake for many hours before anybody else is awake. I'll go to bed after they go to bed. And those are my times where I'm working on me most of the time. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't feel like it's a selfish thing now. I think there's still a quest, but there's, you know, other people are equally as important as me. Um, but again, it's just kind of, where's your priority right now, right? Totally. I kind of want to ask really quick and go back and circle back a little bit because you brought up something earlier about um, just the the judgments that we might have or about bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, I really want to open up this discussion if you have it because it, um, my immediately thought was like, holy shit, I have so many judgments around bodybuilding. Sure, I didn't yeah. even realize yeah. until you actually just like said that. Yeah. And um, so it made me think about like the judgments that I have around bodybuilding and the, that culture. And to be brutally honest, and, and I don't think they're all accurate. So I'm kind of like, oh, I'm glad that we're, just like putting that out there because it's um, something that I look at, especially just social media, right? Like I'm just judging it based on social media because mm-hmm. that's the primary sure. um, piece of information that we, you know, we get our world from. And so um, I see a lot because Claire and I are so focused on empowering females and talking about female issues. Um, I think the most important piece that comes up for me is it, you know, how can you do that with um, keeping a healthy body image, right? And so, um, the judgment for me is looking at women going, there's no way that you have a healthy relationship with food. I have a great thought around that. Um, (laughs) I do. So, most people, including women and men, uh, whether it be a bodybuilder or anyone in the fitness industry, many people, I shouldn't say most, but many, anchor their training or their their need to train, their necessity to train around... um, anger or discontent or a lack of love and appreciation for themselves. It's usually like, God, I hate my body. I need to go do this. That's going to create a very specific type of framing around your body. How about if we learn to be grateful for what we've got, we learn to love our body and we learn to have appreciation for this amazing gift we were given. And if everyone can learn to anchor their training as a toward rather than in a way, I'll say what that means. Meaning I'm running toward pleasure rather than running away from pain. Meaning I'm running toward this this pleasure of I love my body. I have appreciation for this amazing gift I was given. I have gratitude for um, you know the things that I've accomplished today. Uh, if we can learn to anchor that in our training, so you know most people go to the gym like God, I look fat today. I need to go work out. Well, no, like you get to go work out and you get to build this amazing body to create a resilient body that can carry you around this adventure. If we, if we can just learn to lead people in that path right and you're we, really working on their negative self-talk you're really yeah, it's you're really all the self-talk it's, it's all, all the unconscious. The cognitive yeah. yeah it's all the unconscious and and like so this is what i teach now is like throughout my career yes there was times where i was like god i hate this i you know i, I have to go crush it after all these things ah, that, that, that's not gonna help because every time you look at your body you're anchoring um you're looking at this negative thing that you've anchored like every time you contract the muscle in that negative state you're, you're strengthening that, that association exactly. so if we can start to anchor you know achievement and accomplishment and joy and appreciation when we're training and actually have this this state of elation one our brain is more plastic and it's going to learn the, the activities faster uh, but two we're going to anchor joy and love and appreciation for what we've got and like gosh, like I get to go to the gym. I get to walk. I get to lift. I'm strong enough. I'm building this amazing body. I get to eat amazing food. I get to fuel this this journey. What an amazing thing. And I think just 
it all starts in gratitude. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't have a daily gratitude practice, start. Like if you can do anything to change your life, that's it. Yeah. Like every morning. And that's what changed my life. That was a catalyst for me as you know, Tony Robbins um, was a huge influence to me. And in 2007, I was preparing for a contest that I had to do, and I should say, I had to do an hour of cardio every day. <laughs> but I did three minutes of gratitude in the beginning of every um, cardio session, and that literally changed the, my life, the course of my life forever. Because three minutes sounds like a real long time, and it is. So you start with this inner circle where you're like, I'm really grateful for my wife, and I'm grateful for my kids, and I'm grateful for my mom, and my dad, and my sister. And, and then you start to go, okay, that was 10, ten seconds. Now where do I go? <laughs> so you have to start looking. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm grateful. God, I turn the lights on. I'm like, electricity. So somebody had to put that there. I'm grateful for the food I ate. I'm grateful for this cardio piece I'm standing on. And somebody had to make it. And like, you start building the circle. And then you're grateful for the police officer across the road for keeping me safe. And you're grateful for the government for, you know, whatever. And, and you just build this circle. So now your brain starts to look for things to be grateful for. And as you're passing through your life every day, Maybe you pass someone you were already grateful for this morning, and how's that going to change your framing toward them, right? And the people that you don't like or the people that aren't in your life, fi- find a way to be grateful for them. Like, yeah. this person did something really bad to me, but they taught me something really cool, so thank you. And uh, that framing, if you can live everything based on gratitude, without a doubt, I believe that your life will change. Have you ever read The Happiness Advantage? No. By Sean Accor. He talks a lot. He's a Harvard researcher that studies happiness and the mm-hmm. psychology of happiness. And he talks so much about that. And the, he works with all the, you know, Fortune 500 companies to train their businesses about how how to work happier and you're more productive when you're happier. Sure you are. And so, yeah. And so he um, talks a lot about um, taking two minutes to breathe every day just two minutes to breathe that's it you don't have to think you don't have to do anything just taking two minutes like you know i have the breathe app on my watch and then you do that um five minutes of gratitude in the morning but very specifically i'm going to whittle it down a little bit for you um to uh instead of listing a thing the things that you're grateful for um think of something that's positive and that you were grateful for that happened in the last 24 hours and start to kind of think on that my kids before bed every night yeah Yeah. so so something that is like what happened today what happened specifically Mm -hmm. yesterday you know i was like wow sitting out on this deck and looking at the leaves changing that was so cool like that's something for me that i was that i've been anchoring to um but i i love that and Kind of going back to the piece about uh, females and doing bodybuilding, um, Ben Greenfield earlier was talking about like everyone has their Everest because there's a part of me that's like, why even do this? He's like, well, everyone has their Everest. Everyone has their mission, their life, we pa- hope passion. Has their Everest. I don't know if I yeah. believe that, but yeah, it must be able to. <laughs> you would hope that, you know, so I, who am I to judge if that's something that someone's like really passionate about doing? Well, I, I don't think that's the reality. I think, um, I don't know that anyone's passionate about maybe they are I, I speak for myself i guess i think for most people that they, they choose that sport or that cho- that sport chooses them for because they need it mm-hmm. so for me i was a very fearful child i came from a family of over- you're fe- fearful fearful mm-hmm. i came from a family of overweight alcoholics um who were lazy and and never been in the gym never even graduated high school and um both your parents mm-hmm. and uh I needed it. Uh, mm-hmm. I needed to build an armor. I needed to overcome fear. I needed to something that was dependent on me to build confidence. And literally, it was it was my greatest gift in life to to have that, um, because I don't know that anything else would have allowed me to overcome all these inner demons. So it's like bodybuilding chose me. I needed it, and uh, you know when I finally realized I no longer needed it, then it was okay to walk away. Mm. So I think uh, a lot of and everything you you pursue in life, people have something inside of them that that points them in that direction. Like if you're trying to do anything, there's some unconscious driver that's steering you, mm-hmm. steering the ship, right? Like, like oh, I chose to do that. No, you didn't. Like you needed to do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I believe most of the time, yeah. right? It's not everything, but I think most of the time it's like 
something that deep inside is driving that action. Yeah. Well, it's, and you're living out some type of lesson through that practice. It doesn't yeah. matter what it is. So yeah. I'm, it's, it's at face value. It might seem shallow. Um, but now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, but it's no different than, um, me running a marathon and no different, you know what I mean? Right. Like people being like, why would you do that? I'm like, I don't know. I feel kind of pulled to do this. Mm-hmm. I can't explain it. But I know that my soul needs this experience for some some reason. Yeah. And, you know, can it be a bad relationship with food down the road when people are getting into bodybuilding and doing that? Yeah. So this is why you, st- you start with um, coming at it from a more positive perspective and trying to wire the brain to be like, look at your body as this beautiful mach- piece of machinery mm-hmm. that you are lucky to be alive and that you're not doing it because you hate your body. Um, I think that's a pretty healthy it's a healthier perspective and i think earlier when when i made the comment about you know the the kind of which side of the bend coin are you on and you said well you know i think it's important you have to start with yourself i completely agree with you and i think um in fact so many people are living the opposite side of the spectrum where they spend no time about thinking about themselves and they're completely focused on the task at hand on you know they and wh- I think also women are notorious for this, especially of like they give it all to other people and they save none of it for themselves when it comes to just life energy. You know, you get to the end of the day and it's like, if it is, or, and parents, I think also deal with this a lot. Like you give it all to your kids, you give it all to your family and then you get to the end of the day and you're like, all of a sudden it's been five years and you spend no time trying to figure out or nurture yourself at all. Right. Um. What, so outside of your gratitude practice, I'm just curious, like what other things have you evolved in the last couple of years that you really love that you feel like have been catalyst in bringing you into yourself the way that you described? Becoming a better parent. So I, I realized really early on that I had no model and in the same mm-hmm. in relationships, I had no model of what a good husband is. And um, that's a hard place to be like, what am I going to do? Like, how do I create this? So I had to look at How my old beliefs, are your kids? Five and six. Okay. Yeah. So I had to look at, um, you know, what are my beliefs around what a husband is? What are my beliefs around what a dad is? And um, how do I get some framing in my life as to how to be the best version of this role? Um, so that's been a big thing for me is really diving into that and, and um, you know, looking at, well, who's kind of leading that conversation? I have no idea what it meant, what it means to be a great husband. No idea. I never saw one. So I'm like, oh, well, what do I do? That is so, the hardest assignment to be in a relationship yeah. when you have no good blueprint. Yeah. And well, so I think, you know, <laughs> it's hard enough as it is when you do have a good blueprint. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's the thing is like, and then, so who do you look for? And you're looking at like, you know, the Cosby show or what? Like, what are you looking? You're looking at people on TV and like, yeah. that becomes yeah, like, the framing. Oh, pretty bunch. Ooh, yeah. yeah. That becomes the framing. So like, okay. So you start questioning all the things you believe about what a husband should be. Like, you know, should a husband just be the one who goes out to work and comes home and brings money and food? Or should a husband be someone who takes care of his wife and does the dishes and, and whatever she needs? Like, so you have to start challenging your beliefs around what this human being is and uh, how do we, you know, make him the most, the best version of himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's that been, you know, the biggest thing that maybe I've shifted is I had to learn that what that is. And maybe that's why I had to retire from bodybuilding because I realized there's, there's a big mountain to climb right there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think being a dad for me is, is the most natural thing. I, I love it. And I feel like it just allows me to exude love and joy and, and play with them and act just absolutely crazy and, and fun. Um, but being a husband is still a challenge for me because, um, 
Because now you're dealing with someone else's baggage and you have to, <laughs> you have your own baggage and oh my gosh, this is so, challenging. Um, it's so hard. So hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think these- Relationships are hard. We talk about this all the time on mm-hmm. our show just to normalize it for people because I think in the first, I don't know, 10 years of Facebook, it was all the highlight reel and everyone has this perfect life. And I feel like that contributed right. to a lot of depression and anxiety about not having this perfect life. Yeah. yeah. It seems like everyone I talk to right now is like, oh, I'm going through a divorce. I'm going through a breakup. I'm like, holy geez. And I've attributed to social media. Mm-hmm. So one thing my wife and I are doing right now is um, writing down what our perfect mate is. So I'll write what, what, what a wife means to me. Like what should a wife do? And um, what, what, Man, what exemplifies an amazing wife to me? And she's doing that about me, but mm-hmm. not me, but a, her ideal husband. <laughs> right, right. Which Hopefully I'm not you. yet. Yeah. Which I'm not yet, but yeah. I'm working toward it. And like, mm-hmm. so unless I know her expectation of what a husband's meant to be, how can I be it? And yeah. I think then it's as simple as if you're open to it, well, you need to become that person. If you've committed to being with this person for the rest of your life, even if that's not you, mm-hmm. well, you need to realize, yes, it is you because you've committed to that. So you better get your ass moving on becoming the person that she needs to make her happy. Otherwise, you're going to have a really, really shitty next few years. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're literally working on that right now. Um, so where did you start when when you started looking for m- modeling examples for being a husband and being yeah. a dad? Other than the Cosby Show, yeah. which you know, yeah. it's kind of Bill, ironic, right? Yeah, since Bill Cosby, interesting. <laughs> now, so that's, right. that's just you know, before maybe, all the the maybe, shit hit the maybe fan. Maybe let's say Brady Bunch, right? Yeah, it's just I think it's a funny joke that it, <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, the people that I choose to bring into my life are people that I respect the most are people who have strong relationships with their spouse. And I choose those people on purpose. And if you don't have a strong relationship with your spouse, I'm either going to try to help you get one mm-hmm. or we probably don't have that much in common. Like I really I believe it. love that. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to be very respectful to our spouse and uh, we're going to help each other because we know there's going to be problems. We know there's mm-hmm. going to be issues. There's things going to come up. But as, as a, as a man, as a dad, I want to surround myself with other men and dads who are, committed to like, okay, I know that I'm not good at this right now, but I still have committed to this relationship and I need to be better at it. And no matter where you are on that continuum, like there's way, to, there's a way to go. Like, you know, there's a way to go. So I'm trying to surround myself with people who uh, have the skill set that I don't mm-hmm. uh, or a skill set they're better that, that, than I am, or at least externally they're better than I am, or at least someone who's open-minded to having that conversation and having an intelligent uh, thought process and maybe can be that perspective like, hey man, you're being irrationally, being an asshole. Right. This is your problem, not hers, you know. Right, but it, but when that comes from somebody who you know is truly there to bring you yeah. into the best place, it doesn't it doesn't come across as like, what the hell, dude? Yeah. It's like, you okay, have to wow. Have someone you trust. Yeah. yeah. You, I think, would like the Circle of Dads podcast. Doesn't oh yeah, do you know? Uh, yeah, this guy, this these friends that we talk about. That guy. I haven't even watched it, but there's a book. He wrote a book also. No, I don't know if you wrote no. a book, but um, Circle, there's another podcast. There's, yeah. there's a Facebook group. There's another one. That, oh yeah, um, something about yeah. Mm-hmm. There's another anyway, dad podcast. Yep, dad who wrote thing. a book. Sure, um, but I'll get in the Circle of Dads podcast. Um, but yeah, it's just a very similar thing to what you're talking about. Of like, success can very much, um, you know this this guy has very mo- very much modeled that same thing of like you need to find those other men in your life yeah. who are going to support you. The last thing you want is guys coming home and going, Hey dude, I just went out and had, went to the bar last night and had beers and I hiccup for this chick. Totally. I'm like, I don't want to hear that. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting. Cause you don't know that right off the bat. Like I think especially like when I was y- younger and married, I, you, I was surrounded by some people at work that had really unhealthy relationships mm-hmm. and I didn't realize how much it really impacted my marriage mm-hmm. and looking back and I was like, Whoa, like it makes it okay. It, it makes yeah. it okay. And it totally. really kind of, 
it gives you a kind of effed up perspective to be like, where am I in this whole right. scenario? Like, where do I stand? And you compare, right? yeah, you compare and they want to commiserate yeah. and then you want to be kind of accepted into the and group. And it just so becomes you, like a bitch it's session. It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then I think you start to, it normalizes it. And so then when you go home and you have these like, you know, fights or you have these You're moments. just like, oh, it's right. You're looking yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah you're exactly. looking for it. And they're like, yeah, oh, I knew it. I knew it. We're we're going downhill. Yeah. One, we even have a good friend who I'm sure will listen to this and be like, you're talking about me. Who, which is fine. Hi, I love you. Um, Who was separated from her husband and went, but once she started talking about it, of like, you know, the reason we're separating, he does this, he does that. And we were like, you know, like, I'm sure there's more to it than what you're just saying. What do you do? Well, and, but not only that, but like, you know, what you're talking about is stuff that happens in every marriage. It's not just your marriage. And as soon as I think she had, she had never had friends in her life who would kind of mirror that, kind of mirror that Mm -hmm. and say like, you know, yeah, that is shitty. And yeah, you have to work through that, but it's also common. It's a common problem to have, or it's a common type of problem to have. And it doesn't mean that you, your marriage has failed. It just means that, you know, you're thing, too messy thing to tell her If she is listening is, as he's not meeting your expectation of totally. what a husband t- needs to be. So maybe you need to change your expectation. You realize you married this man and he's coming to the world with what he's got. Yeah. And you can either say, Hey, you know, I wish you could be this version or maybe you could try better at this. Or just accept him for what he is, because he's not because he's not meeting your expectation. Doesn't mean he's a bad husband. It's just yeah. he's not meeting your expectation of what, the, what this husband should be. Well, so I was going to bring that up a little bit when you were saying, you know, my wife is making this list, and I'm making this list for my wife, and what I need to do is just become that list, or or the best version for her that that fulfills her needs and and wants. And but so what. What is the case then if something's on that list, like fundamentally, you just can't get there? You would hope that you didn't pick the woman that's (laughs) going to have some fundamental differences. I'm looking for long flowing locks. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Yeah. Physical physical attributes aside, (laughs) sorry, sweetheart. Penis isn't getting bigger. Hair's not growing back. Can't help you. But I think, you know, I think that... What that brings up for me, though, is like it is a two... It's a dance. Like, I can't just go to my husband and say, well you aren't doing this, this, and this, so learn how. Yeah. You know, and he... We always say that. Yeah, there's also a part where he then, you know, I then need to say, okay, well, if I'm... If I feel like I'm not getting this, this, and this from you, what does that say about me? Where else maybe can I get those types of things in my life so that... Why do you need it? I don't... Yeah, and like, how can I have a marriage where I'm not... I don't require my husband to be everything at all times. Sure. Where else can I get that in my life? Sufficient. Have yeah. you read the five love languages? Oh, yeah. yeah I think yeah. everybody has. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that, that's, I think, where it frames, right? It's like, yeah. at least I need to know that she's being fulfilled in those simple ways that she needs to be fulfilled. Totally. Um, that's where it starts. And, and then it may just be as simple as like, you know, I wish you would help more around the house or I wish you would more do do more dishes. Or right, like, behavioral stuff. It's yeah, like, I'm cool I with that, that stuff. Yeah, like, I, yeah, I wish you would build us a deck and or like, okay, let's, you know, like, what? it's ridiculous, but like, whatever yeah. it is. and that, that's if a service. That, yeah, if that makes you feel better, I'm in. Like, I'll do that. So at least you have to, as a as a spouse, you have to be committed to like, oh, I didn't realize I was missing that. Like, yeah. or even if it's around sex, like, hey, I expect to have sex every day. Okay, well, whether or not yeah. I want to, I can make that happen. Right? Like, whatever. For the most part, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> whatever um, it is. So, what are your what's your top and lowest love language? I don't remember. There's only five. Touch. Um, no, it's not physical touch. I think it's... Um, affirmation. Words of affirmation, words quality of affirmation. time, acts of service, and gifts. It's not gifts. I think it's words of affirmation and um, acts of service. And then what's your lowest one? Probably quality time. Interesting. What and about... Does it match your wife or is she different? Exact opposite. Wow. Me and my That's husband too. Yeah. yeah. She's quality time. My husband is like... Touch. 
physical touch is like way up here. I'm a cactus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't touch me. It's a problem. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, but it is interesting. Now tell me about that. I'm very curious about that. Um, is it just you don't like the uh, the sensation of people touching it or do you feel like it's invading your space? I don't crave it. Mm-hmm. I don't dislike it necessarily, but I don't it, I almost compare it to like a, a social introvert or a social extrovert. Like yeah. it, I feel like I'm almost like a touch introvert. Like I can you know, I I like it sometimes, but I my cup fills very quickly and then I get overwhelmed by it. And so, like, if I'm with somebody who's constantly... So, every constantly, time I see you, I'm going to give you one hug. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, I, and, like, and at first, I'll be cool with it. And, like, just slowly, I'm going to start <laughs> going into my turtle shell. She's going to hide. <laughs> but it's like a Bowser shell with, with you know, right. spikes. Um, but it is, it's like, uh, uh, eventually, and pretty quickly, I get overwhelmed by it. And it starts to be sen- like a, a sensory overload for me. That's an introversion characteristic for sure. And But it's in, but socially, I'm very extroverted. Like, I could sit uh. here in a group of people... And command the room for mm. days, and days I would and days. love it. Yeah. But when if I were to hmm. have to hold hands with those people, I would need to leave very quickly. And I don't know, you know. We know how to make our own comfort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's true. Like yeah. all you got to do is just like start rubbing my shoulder while you're talking to me. No, thank you. Why do you think I'm on this side of the couch? Yeah. We're like, <laughs> I'm like, we're like I have cuddling my on the couch over here. Yeah. And you guys are over there. I I even posted an Instagram story that was like getting comfy of you two over there, <laughs> like over here. But it is interesting, and it's not something that I ever really noticed, or you know identified about myself until I was with this guy who, I mean, he is the type of person who you could be hanging on him all day long and he would just, he would just soak, he would just soak it in all day. Mm -hmm. And that's been really hard for us because, you know, I feel like there is a physical limit for me. You fucked up, Claire. I mean, I, know, I, I just, I need, <laughs> so messed up. I need to just go like to a retreat somewhere where Why aren't I just you normal? hug all the time. Yeah. Um, I just need to hug it out. Normal. That's yeah. you. <laughs> be normal. normal. But I think too, it's like I think it, it also is exposure therapy. Like, We're just gonna keep hugging. Yeah, no, so much touching. Um, but I think it's interesting, like when you talk to somebody who, like, for me, a huge one for me is quality time. So for you, but no touching, but no touch. Yeah, like I, but I want to like go out to dinner. Quality with you. Quality time over there. I'll stay over here. Yeah, like I want to go. I want to go on a hike with you. I want to go on a drive with you. I want to go out to dinner with you. But I don't want to snuggle on the couch with you necessarily. Mm, I like it. But like for you to say quality time is your lowest one, I'm sitting here thinking like, well, then how could you ever feel connected with someone if you're not spending time with them? And so it's just so interesting to, you know, see people and know people and let alone be in a marriage with people who, how can you be compatible with somebody on so many different levels? And then at the same time, it's like those needs are so different. And I don't think think I just, I I find ways of fulfilling myself. Sure. I don't need, you know. Yeah. And I think that's what I'm, what I was saying also before of like, there's only so much you can expect to get from your spouse. And unfortunately, physical touch for my husband is not, is one that cannot easily be fulfilled by other people in a, um, copacetic marriage way. <laughs> but you know, I'm not going to be like, so, you right. know, just go out, find someone else to cuddle get a with. Dog. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Get, I'm big, in our a really big dog. I'm really just like slobber. Right. Yeah. Our son is very cuddly. So that helps. Perfect. I mean, as a cuddly as three-year-olds can be. Um, but, I'm curious and I don't want you to like divulge, you know, all your intimate relationship information, but when it comes to the, your, your list of things that you look, would look for in a perfect wife and your, and your wife's list of things, 
what types of things came up for you guys? Well, um, the most important thing for me is that she's a loving mother. Uh, I need someone who's going to care for my kids. That's first and foremost, someone who's not reactive, but responsive. Um, someone who aims to teach rather than um, punish. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the simple frameworks for me. Parenting and being a dad being kind of the top of my list of values. Um, as far as our relationship together, I want a woman who respects herself more than anything. And um, so for me, that means you know taking physical care of yourself, making sure that you always feel great um, and whatever that means for you. Um, I like to make sure we're getting at least one day a week where we can have some private time. Um, it's kind of a start to the list. Uh, to be honest, I want someone who respects me. That's probably the top of the list of things. It's like, I'm not the most demanding guy in the world, but if I ask for something, it's probably because I mean it. So that respect thing is very important to me. Loyalty is uh, obviously on the top of the list as well. And that's, I feel as though with her and I, that's not even a question, which is great. Like it doesn't even need to be on the list. Yeah. No, that doesn't need to be on the list. Like, we're pretty good. We're pretty good with that. And there, there is some, you know, some holes in the fence from thing daggers that have been thrown in the past. We're, we're working on patching them in. But, um, so the fact that you have that loyalty piece there, that's kind of cool. I mean, that, that's a, you know, big thing for a lot of people. Like they're actually worried that I'm like, I have nothing to hide. Here's my phone. Here's my, you know, take it. Right. Um, and we're very open with that, which is awesome. Um, she had to put up with me as a professional bodybuilder, which as you can imagine, like, it's uh, if she's patient with that and, and I was loyal through that, she, she's got a lot of trust. She's that's, you know, I think her superpower um, traveling throughout the world. And, you know, there's, you know, opportunities and things. Plenty like that of there. opportunities to yeah, yeah, um, right. and venture. <laughs> yeah. You're walking around in your underwear, like, right. And the top, literally top physical shape. Yeah. Yeah. So thank goodness that's no longer a thing for us. I hope <laughs> <laughs> I said I should knock on wood, I guess. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, well, what's on her list? Yeah. Stop bodybuilding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was. It yeah. was for sure. Um, yeah, those are the things that I think are most important to me. Mm-hmm. Do you, what are some of the, and again, I don't, want, I don't want you to feel like I'm like prying into your love life too much, but what are some of the things that she's had on her list that have been really hard for you? Um, quality time and physical touch. <laughs> <laughs> now, physical touch, I'm a very affectionate guy, but um I think a lot of men struggle with the idea of like, I have to stop doing stuff mm-hmm. and give you my time and attention mm-hmm. because men, many, and this is, could be women too, but our goal achievers, like I have shit I got to get done. If it's not done, I don't want to sit down. Like I, prior to being, you got to like go forage and then you got to like provide yeah. for the family. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm ready to go forage again. Mm-hmm. I bring it home. I'm ready to go again. Mm-hmm. Um, like sleep isn't big on my list, right? Like, let's just keep going. Mm-hmm. I'll go, I'll go 22 hours a day. Um, so being able to slow down for her and just give her what she needs is, something I work on. Um, so like, you know, we have after, uh, it's about 7 PM, seven to nine when the kids go to bed, we kind of have family time. So the TVs, there's no TV, uh, there's no phone, there's no computer. So learning to kind of sit, you know, sometimes there we're like sitting on the couch and we're talking, reading books and, you know, dad will sneak over and start working on his computer. I'm like, damn, gotta stop doing that. Gotta... <laughs> Breaking so, the fourth wall. Yeah. Um, so that's a big one. I think, I think if I gave her that, um, and, a, and a respect, um, she'd be very happy, and, yeah. but I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah. uh, what are some of your favorite moments recently about being a dad? Like what are some like little gems that stand out to you? <laughs> God, daily, like daily. One gem that stands out, uh, both of them, they just, the facial expressions, the joy, the, <laughs> the happiness is like, wow. I'm um, so much for my son. My son's now six, but for his fifth birthday, um, 
he's a big hockey player. So are you from Canada? Yes. I could tell earlier when you said university instead of college. Got it. (laughs) Um, so my son's a big hockey player and he's a big Pittsburgh Penguins fan. So for his fifth birthday, um, he was expecting to go to school and we woke up in the morning and, you know, got him dressed for school, got his backpack ready. And instead of going to school, we drove to the airport and we drove to, uh, on the way to the airport. We're like, Hey, guess what? We're not going to school. He goes, where are we going? We're going to Pittsburgh in the face. <gasps> like, oh my gosh. Yeah. He just went crazy. Oh, that's amazing. So he got to meet his idol who's, uh, Sidney Crosby, the captain of Pittsburgh oh Penguins. My gosh. My, my, one of my best friends is the, is the head trainer for the Penguins. So I got to go in the dressing room Amazing. and we got to, cool, we got to, go to practice. And oh we got, it was very, very cool. Uh, so that was a good moment. My daughter, uh, just endless joy. Her birthday, we got her a, uh, I don't know if it's a trampoline, but like a, they have these trampolines that like they, they strap you in and you can jump super oh, high yeah. on the skull. But those things and uh, her face, like she didn't want to get off. There was like 40 kids at her party. She's like, can I go for two hours, dad? And I was like, it's your party. We got two of them. Let the kids go on the online. <laughs> like, what do you say as a dad? Right? Yeah, like, no. it's your party. Yeah. So, That's awesome. Yeah, those things. Uh, just daily, you know, we just got them a trampoline for the backyard. And when they got to jump on it, when it was raining outside, they were like, they had, they're like soaked and they're sliding. And it's like, yeah. God, to be a you know, five and six year old child and have the mentality is amazing. Is gift giving high on your ways of expressing love it is it's very low on my wife so early in our in our relationship um you know, i bought her very expensive jewelry and stuff and she was like cool she, oh, it was fucking terrible for me <laughs> oh my I god was like, i just spent fifteen thousand dollars on a ring and yeah you're and you're like, like eh. yeah i'm like oh i oh i learned and now yeah. now it's unfortunate because now it's like kind of dissuaded me because i'm like well i don't want to go buy her nice gifts right do shit anyway right <laughs> spend 10 minutes where they should be happy so i'll well, save the money all right do you like receiving gifts or is it more about giving gifts for you it's more about giving gifts for me it's funny my dad is like that he'll yeah. give a gift and like 10 years later he'll be like he's still using that my husband does that oh my he gosh loves joy gift. Husband he loves giving gifts yeah. every day. Every day, almost. he bought my husband, yeah, new Nikes, yeah, recently. And I'm like, <laughs> he loves it. I mean, granted, it was Brandon's birthday, Gra- right? Uh, he graduated, right? Oh, graduation, but he wears them every day, great. Um, because you don't, Scott still asks oh, about it. terrible shoes, but, just, yeah, yeah, he I likes to it. know if they're, yeah, but it's I was so just, funny. I the reason I asked that is because the three moments that you described were all about giving your kids gifts, yeah. Hmm. Which is fine. Yeah. And I get it because like, I have... But it's giving experiences well, too. I've heard that. giving experiences, yeah. but also like that moment when they like get the thing that they want and they're so excited. And right. like, I can only imagine a five-year-old in the locker oh, room, like with awesome. his hero. Right. I and mean, I know what it feels like. Like my son, he's three, he's really into Lightning McQueen. And I could get him like a Lightning McQueen sticker. And he's like, oh my God, it's Lightning McQueen. You know? like, <laughs> so, so I can only cute. imagine in the flesh what it would be like. <laughs> yeah. Another thing we do is um, now their decision, rather than giving birthday presents, we're going to go on family vacations. Nice. So that's cool. So yeah. we went to Maine. We went to North Carolina. Um, just like outdoor trips, right? I like to yeah. take them hiking. I like to take them swimming. Like rather than... Like, we, we Lightning McQueen sticker books. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Because they have so much, right? I mean, yeah. Right. But anyways. So you talked a lot about, and we'll probably wrap up here soon, but we, you talked a lot about at the beginning of just like what calls you and how bodybuilding called you. And this was something that you learned a lot about yourself. Um, it sounds like you're kind of like, and maybe a next chapter, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Like we all kind of have good yeah, these sure. phases of our life. Um, what is calling you for this next chapter that you feel like is well, your, I have this beautiful opportunity to lead men and, allow them to frame their lives around love and joy and allow them to realize it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to come from a place of, of love and um, happiness rather than always having to be this, uh, you know, quote unquote, strong man. You can be a strong man and still come from a place of passion and love and joy. 
uh, you don't have to be angry and, and, you know, it doesn't have to be me against the world kind of mentality. So in the fitness industry, there's not a lot of people like that. And because mm-hmm. I've got a platform and I've got a, you know, good group of people that follow me that seem to love this conversation, um, either love it or not, I'm going to have to lead it. I love it because I really think men can be, um, way more impactful if you come to the world with stoic strength but still be vulnerable enough to realize that you have weaknesses and you can give people love and and actually make them feel better and make the world a better place rather than having to always be on your guard of being this you know strong um unvulnerable human Mm -hmm. so that's kind of my new vision And, and it all ties into fitness right it all ties into um, you know, living your greatest life in your greatest body, which is kind of the tagline in my of my podcast, and which I do listen to, and I really like it. Thanks very mm-hmm. much. Thank Muscle you. expert that. podcast. Yeah, we're going to change that though. So, okay, as you can realize, <laughs> never mind. No, 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 no. Well, <laughs> no I'm just still, kidding. Still the same podcast. Yeah. But, you know, the name is is pretty um, polarizing. Yeah. Right? Like I'm sure a lot of people look at it and like oh, I don't want to read, but I don't learn about muscle. Mm-hmm. We so, deal with that. Yeah. We, we ask ourselves that question. Yeah. Every week. Yeah. 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 Um, so I think I'm just going to make it the Ben Pikulski show. Um, so it's kind of, I can kind of go wherever I want. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. This is yeah. great. So yeah, people, I've had a lot of people go, man, why is it like, it's not even about muscle. I'm like, I know, but it's framed around the, yeah. your, your greatest body, like, right. which, which encompasses your mind, right? Like if, without a great mind, you will never build a great body. Mm-hmm. So you have to start with that internal journey. I love that we've been talking about working out today. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we like the internal journey. It's really, yeah. I mean, it's something that's, I feel like, especially females connect to so much because we do deal with. Well, and we talk so much about like, you know, those seasons of your life where, for example, I don't even remember the last time I did a full workout. Mm -hmm. It's been months because I felt like shit for the last four months. So the last thing I'm going to do is go to the gym. I'm going to like lay down, (laughs) you know? And I, I finally learned like, that's not a, that's, that's not a symptom of a problem with me. That's a phase of life that I'm in. Right. And she's pregnant by the way. Yeah. yeah, We talked about it. Okay, good. Um, yeah, and yeah, I was like just making sure. Just, people you know, I, I have to announce that like for people. Four burritos right before this. Workout. A gluten belly. Yeah, it can happen. Um, but I think the thing that never goes away, and Joyce says this all the time, wherever you are, there you are. It's like working out and exercising is so fleeting and can be available to you or not available to you at any given moment of your life for a million different reasons. The thing that's always available to you is that internal growth. Yeah. So I do want to touch on one thing with regard to exercise because it ties in perfectly this conversation. Most people have an external focus and they're focused on, you know, accomplishing something outside of themselves. But particularly, this is very relevant for women. This is what I teach in my demographic is use exercise as an opportunity to one, um, appreciate your body and be grateful, but most importantly to connect with your body. So, most people go in the gym, they put on the music really loud. They're, they're mindless in what they're doing, right? Yeah. I try to teach, like, use the connect with your body. Like, close your eyes and feel what's happening. Is, is this muscle actually doing what it's supposed to do? Do I feel like I'm engaging things? Do I feel like I'm just literally connecting? And, you know, people are so disconnected from the head up. Everyone lives in their head and they're disconnected from their body on purpose. So they don't want to feel pain. They don't want to feel anxiety. They don't want to feel any feelings. So exercise is this amazing opportunity. It's almost meditative for me, right? Like it's this meditative controlled aggression, uh, this internal contraction, which is, which is an aggressive contraction, but it's not a conscious aggression, right? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a physical um, effort, I guess, but it's with an attempt of um, challenging my muscles and challenging my body uh, because I can, because I get to, right? And it's a, it's a pretty cool framing when you start to, you know, you guys are not in the muscle building space, but for people in the muscle building space, it's like, think about challenging a muscle. Like, I don't want to think about how, how did I finish this exercise? That's stupid. CrossFit, different thing. But in, in muscle building, 
Like my objective is not to lift this weight. My objective is to challenge the muscle. And that's such a beautiful opportunity to, to connect and feel and like, am I actually doing what I want to do? And I think that's the biggest thing that people do wrong in trying to transform their body is they're disconnected from their body. They're, they're focused on these external things like sets and reps and PRs. And those are awesome if your objective is sports or CrossFit or strength. But if your objective is, is building a great body and actually you know looking great, it needs to be about challenging your body. So you're using the external stimulus to create an internal response. Um, and so the external stimulus obviously being exercise and the internal response being, well, muscle growth or fat loss or whatever. Um, so I think this is a beautiful opportunity that people just miss. Like people go in and exercise and they literally turn the music up as loud as they can. They try to go as fast as they can, disconnect from their body. Yeah. Connect, like feel. How does this feel? If I don't, if you don't feel the muscle you're trying like to train, it's not practicing working. Practicing mindfulness, like yeah. super mindful. Um, when did we talk about this recently? Just about how, um, you know, the body is a crazy machine. Like the fact that you can grow a human is amazing. The fact that we can, like, the fact that we can, you know, do what we do on a daily basis. At any moment, any of us are doing any of our body functions right now. Our body sitting here and just like, yeah, without us thinking about them, is amazing. So you're thinking, you're digesting that. Yeah. When we talked about that, I don't know, it was a couple months ago. That really hit home for me, and it's kind of what you're saying too. Just. Um, changing that mindset to be like, whoa, the body is just so brilliant and amazing. And why would I let my mind fuck that up? Yeah. Thank um, you. Thank and get you, in the, thank you, for thank you so yeah. much for, so anyway, I've been working on it. It's, it's chipping away, but it's run, been really hard for me because mm-hmm. I've been programmed my entire life. I've allowed those influences to negatively impact sure. my mindset to say punishment, punishment, punishment. You got to stay thin. I don't. That's step one. Yeah. So for any, like, and again, I was, the guy who like, I can't meditate. That's too hard. Like I can't do it. I can't get yeah. my slow down. But when you do, all that's going to give you is the opportunity to slow down the time between stimulus and response. Mm-hmm. And that's what you need. Mm-hmm. So in 10 minutes in the morning is enough time to slow down the time between stimulus and response. And your opportunity to change that time is everything in life. Yeah. If you haven't read Victor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Me, that's, that's where it starts. I love that book. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. But oh, like so in everything you do, um, it's yep. like oh, now I can actually make a conscious choice rather than allowing my limbic brain or my, my you know, reptilian mm-hmm. brain to res- to react. It's I'm actually creating space. It's yeah. creating distance. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's such a beautiful, it's literally like living in the matrix where things slow down. You can yeah. see them a little more clearly. <laughs> it really is great. It really is great. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's the beauty of meditation mm-hmm. is getting down to that alpha state, that alpha brain state and uh, being able to respond. And I'll tell you, when days that I don't meditate, I'm a different human being. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm way more reactive. Mm-hmm. I can put up with anything when i'm when i'm in like a consecutive meditation state i'm a very tolerant human being like really anything for being a dad yeah yeah well it's interesting too because like i I don't meditate but i feel like i'm pretty self-aware so there's moments where like a conflict will come up at work or something that's kind of like you immediately have almost like an anxiety reaction that i've been practicing lately just being like what is this teaching me this is here for some reason. This person needs this for some reason. Instead of just being like, what a pain in the ass. Right. You know, because that's such an easy way out. And then to just bitch about it. But instead, it's like, okay, what is this teaching me? I'm here to problem solve. I'm really blessed that I get to have problem solve all day. Yeah. And it's completely changed my outlook. Thank you for awareness, right? Like, so people put a label on anxiety. It's a feeling you get in, your, in the gut of your, in the pit of your stomach, right? Like, you have a feeling. Why is it called anxiety? Somebody put that name on it. Some a-hole put that name on it. And like, then, now we say this is a bad thing. No, it's an awareness. It's like, thank you for giving me this awareness that this thing is probably something I should address because if I have anxiety yeah. about it, it's probably something I need to address. Thank you. And if you can change that framing, and it's, tar- it's hard, it takes practice, but 
it, it'll change your life, right? You don't have anxiety, you get anxiety. Or you get this feeling in the pit of your stomach that you've now labeled it as anxiety. Okay, well, uh, thank you. Like something underneath, maybe something you're not aware of, but something underneath is, is tapping you on the shoulder repetitively. It's that little a-hole like poking you in the shoulder. Like, hey, man, pay attention <laughs> right. to me. Let's get rid of this thing. Mm-hmm. So there's something in your life, and maybe you can't get rid of it, but maybe you can learn some coping mechanism. Maybe you can learn to address it. Maybe you should try to to, to change it or address mm-hmm. it, you know? Uh, but it's an awareness, and that that's a beautiful thing. And if you can change that framing from "Oh gosh, I have anxiety" to "Thank you, God, fuck, thank you for telling me this." Like, if I didn't realize it was there, I wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. It's like you need to deal with this now. Mm-hmm. You know, otherwise, it's going to get worse. Otherwise, it's going to turn into disease. Like, how, yeah. How have you, um, Claire? You're going to make fun of me because I'm make, I'm asking kind of like a serious question towards the end, and I always do this, but I can't. <laughs> I can't like gloss over how you, like your upbringing as a child too. And um, have you? Um, do you feel like you've gotten to a point where you can look look at how you were raised and all the difficulties you faced to be able to like be grateful use it, for them all? Use it oh, as a lesson, thousand, thousand percent. So without resentment, no resentment. Maybe unconsciously somewhere, like I still wonder if there's some layers there that I haven't quite got to because there's probably things buried that I don't even remember happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but on mass, like I'm so grateful. Um, so something happens. That's you know. a really hard life assignment as a kid. Yep. Um, so I was given some pretty hard shit as a kid and, uh, literally a couple of weeks back, some stuff happened and, uh, you know, a man basically came at me and was trying to physically accost me and attack me. And I just stood there. I was like, wait, just out of nowhere. Mm, there's more. Oh, to it than okay. But more or less. Something happened. Alleyway. Yeah. It was very unpredicted. Um, unpredictable. And, uh, I just stood there stood my ground like if it had been me 10 years ago i would have taken the guy out but i stood there and i relaxed and i realized like that awareness that from you know the stuff that happened to me as a kid allowed me to stand there and it wasn't a stressful situation it was like i'm used to this i've had people do this before i don't need to react i don't need to give you the, the response you're after so yeah to answer your question like yes it allowed me to just this awareness of oh i'm not afraid of you because i've already I've seen this times 10. Yeah. You know, the, right. uh, I've been is, charged by a bear before. There's nothing there. Yeah. Like, oh, so that was, you know, a very uh, important thing for me to realize how grateful I was for things that happened as a kid. And so many things you're like, oh yeah, that made me this, the person that I am. It made me stronger. And mm-hmm. that is my framing of my children, right? It's like, I don't want to give them everything they want. I want to make them strong. I want to make them learn how to f- solve the situations themselves. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm great. And again, I'm still looking. So there's a, there's a, process that i go through that's literally walking through the the emotions that we have and um do you see a therapist no no um so trying to find forgiveness and gratitude in everything in your past and that could be relationships that could be forgiveness for yourself which is a hard thing for people to grasp like i forgive myself for not loving myself or whatever right there's because there's a lot of shit there's a lot of baggage so if you learn to just forgive for your parents your your spouse your whoever even your kids Mm -hmm. like some people are resentful with their kids because they took away my freedom unconsciously like that's a big thing how can you ever love your kids if you're resentful toward them unconsciously right so you have to learn to just forgive and that's why my new framing of my life is like i know in inside my inner light is strong and it's all just grounded in love and if i can let that shine through then i can allow other people the permission to, to let their shine through and um, for me to do that and truly let that light shine, it's like, oh, I have to let go of all those things, all those stories I tell myself about why I'm inadequate, why I'm not good enough, you know, all those things. Mm-hmm. Truly let myself be. And being transparent about this stuff is um, you know, something I've just recently been able to do. 
And but that's not easy as a male, I don't think. Oh, I w- I'm going to just guess. Well, it's, well, it's like, not easy as a male because you have to have this big facade. But I'm, I don't, I don't need to anymore. Yeah, I have nothing to prove. You think you have to have a facade, but it's hard to. I mean, because right. people, are, you know, people are judging you no matter what. Oh, no matter what, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. Emotions are emotions suck. Like emotions suck. It's just, I hate feeling it's like, my feelings. Feeling feelings is I just shitty. You know. No, I think like, they're great. No, but I mean, it's. I think. But for it doesn't the majority start out of, of, It's not always like maybe, embrace them. Maybe the ability, Anger is good. The Joy ability is to good. feel feelings. You know, I think you can look, you can frame it and be like, man, this is great. I get to do this. But in the moment, in God, the moment, it sometimes no, it does suck, but right? No, right like, away. Switch think it. Of, think of like a fight with your spouse, right? Like it sucks sometimes. Are you like this is the best? Yeah, we don't fight. Hmm. Mm. Anymore. Nobody, nobody doesn't fight. We can nobody disagree. Nobody doesn't fight. Okay, no, we can disagree. disagree. You have a squabble. You have a sure. disagreement where you have to work through shit. But I just frame it as like she sees the world the way she sees the world, and I'll see the world that I see the world. Like I can't change the way you see the world. I can't change your upbringing. I can't change anything. I could bring an awareness to you. Go like, well, this is the way I see it, and this is the way it makes me. But feel. how are yeah? How are, how are you feeling in that moment? In those moments, what is what is the emotion? Well, there's no attachment. Basically, it's, it's your ego that says I have an attachment to winning this outcome, right? Mm-hmm. Do you want to win or do you want to be happy? <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't need to win. Like, mm-hmm. what right. difference does it make at yeah. the end of the day? Like, that. so that's the ego aspect. That right? comes down to, like, the child, right? The inner child. It's yeah. like, oh, I don't I have to be. win. Mm-hmm. No, right. I, I want to be right. No, you don't. You need ego death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ego death. Okay. That's okay. Ego death it is. <laughs> <laughs> ego death and It's hard for men. Imagine hugs. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah. Um, why don't you? Not why don't you, but. Um, when I asked you if you see a therapist and you're like nope is that something that you just uh, never felt was necessary or you have tried and didn't work out for you I, and I'm a therapist so be careful just I, don't <laughs> be gentle <laughs> so I'll tell you what I'm not against it I don't, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know that I need it right now um, and if I did I would but I have, sorry I'm not going to offend you no you're fine I just um, like my framing I, like you guys will frame like well, you know, would you have a bodybuilder train you? Well, no, your preconceived notions about bodybuilders would be like, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't yeah. want to look like them. Kind of the same thing with me and doctors and therapists. Like, sure. I think most doctors and therapists are full of shit. So until I meet meet one that's actually like really, really bright and like actually gets it, I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna be pretty skeptical. That's but fair. that's not that not that I'm against it. It's like you know, certain professions and any profession is the same way. Like, there's people who are amazing. There's people who are charlatans. And if I ever met a therapist where I was like, dude, I like Jordan Peterson, dude, I'm gonna work with you because you're awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, like you can help me become a better human being, but until I find them, I'm like, eh. right, I might as well just do it myself. Yeah, that's right. I exactly. bitch to joy about my shitty Read therapist the all the time. Yeah, <laughs> like I wish, I wish I could be yours, but I can't. <laughs> but Sorry. I can't. You're right. Friendship is that the deal? You, yeah, dual relationship. You Got can't. It. You can't be. You're kind else. of like my podcast yeah, therapist. Right. You therapy happy sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I think therapists have massive value. Um, but most of them are, are like any profession, I shouldn't say in therapists, but like most of them are just stuck in this singular mechanism. Like this is the solution to everything. You know, you have this, this linear path and like, no, 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 no. Like there's, because I'm a student of it, because I'm a student of it, I realize there's so many ways to reach this desired end result. Um, Therapists should never tell you what to do. A good therapist should ask questions, be the the person that helps you find your, your path. Same yeah. with a good educator, right? Like, mm-hmm. don't don't tell me how to do yeah. it. Like, just facilitate. Mm-hmm. Right, give me the resources and let yeah. me figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm learning to be as a kid. So I'm homeschooling my, uh, with my kids. I'm homeschooling my kids. So rather than teaching, I'm, my wife is doing most of it. We're, le- <laughs> we're learning to facilitate, right? Oh and I, I just love the idea of like, hey, what do you want to learn about today? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, daddy, I want to learn about the stars. Okay, let's go. You research. You look. That's cool. Yeah. I hate, I, I'm anti-current school mechanisms. I sure. think it's stupid. Sorry. 
Did I say that alone? No. It's okay. <laughs> it's right. You can do that. You can hate that. We're allowed. Well, let's wrap up. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, guys. This was really yeah. wonderful. So where can people find you? Um, somewhere on the internet. The oh. World Wide Web. Googly. <laughs> <laughs> um, Instagram tends to be a place where people find me, and I've recently changed my handle to BPAK, BPAC Fitness. Um, used to be IFBB, which is the International Federation of Bodybuilders. Mm-hmm. But just things are confusing. evolving. Yeah, things are evolving, but things it's also confusing evolving. for people to find. Yeah. Um, and I've also got the Muscle Expert Podcast, which will soon be the Ben Pogolsky Show. And uh, we have awesome guests under the framing of, I just want people to experience people who are doing great things. So it's from you know muscle building to uh, fat loss and, and internal health and neurophysiology and brain chemistry and mindset and everything mm-hmm. around being an awesome human being. Mm-hmm. So. You guys are going to have to be on soon now. No way. So you're we're pretty good. Awesome human beings, we're, welcome. We're pretty awesome. Apply within. <laughs> Excellent. Shitty yes. human beings need not apply. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you guys go next door. All right. Thank you so much, Ben. Thanks, Thanks Ben. ben.